drop that, drop that beat. Hmm. Just drop that beat. Welcome back to another episode of the No Further Comments podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham, and to my left, to the left, to the left, the talented Mr. Glenn Riley. What's going on, man? Episode number seven, and every week, we take a look at the episode number Mm -hmm. and try to match it with a famous athlete in our past or present Uh who wore that number. It's it's what we call in in the business a device. (laughs) <laughs> you're up to bat oh well the most famous number seven is uh mickey mantle um yankees great um not as great as he could have been had a bunch of injuries um his the men in his family died extremely young and he always thought that he was gonna die extremely young so he didn't really take care of himself he like drank you know he caroused with the ladies. He was known for for a carouse or two, and um, kind of how you live your life, right? M- more or less. <laughs> you get a Mickey Mantle. Yeah, I'm on, the, on the Mickey Mantle of, uh, of the Cincinnati Library System. But um, yeah, so 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 Mantle's probably the, the best on the, the baseball end. Um, you got um, Elway in football. Yep. You got. Um, Alan I'd Col- say those those were number one and two. Uh huh. Mantle and Elway. How about Alan Kowicki? Um, of um, NASCAR fame, um, one day to be made to a, a great documentary. He, he basically built the car and raced it, and won. And then um, in, in, a year later, died in a helicopter accident or something. <laughs> this is this, this is one hundred percent verifiable. People, you you can wow, look that, that was up. Over my head on that one. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a it's a moving it's a moving story to someday be made. Yeah, Mario chimed in with Carmelo. Anthony, he was number seven. Uh, basketball players, there's was some he? interesting. Yeah, Melo's Mello's number seven. Okay, right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right okay, now okay. with the Knicks, yep. Uh, basketball, interesting. Uh, NBA. Maravich? Ooh. Yeah, for the Jazz, I think was was number seven. when he, um, and that, That's when he had his best years. Ooh. Pistol Pete. Ooh. Nate Tiny Archibald. Okay. S- slept on NBA great. Absolutely. Coach, yeah, man, <laughs> Tony Coach, man, uh, Phil Jackson used to get really upset with with, with Coach. <laughs> they all did, yeah, yeah. Coach, uh, he was the whipping boy, aka the waiter, because <laughs> he served them up with he with them assist. Uh, of course, we have to mention Colin Kaepernick. Oh, okay, and that that okay. jersey is going to be, yeah, yeah, it's outside one. everyone. Um, What'd you say, Mario? We we were we were gonna leave out Vic until you said that. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, Phil Esposito. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Boston Bruins. Oh, okay. I think he wore the seven. Oh, okay. With uh, the Bruins, I don't know what he wore. I don't know. My my, my hockey knowledge is like extends to like ten people, and then it's just like whatever. <laughs> I just liked his name for for some odd reason. Yeah, well, I'm I'm thinking of another Esposito, but but whatever. Lamar Odom. 
Yeah, that's just sad what's happened to him. I don't even know what to make of Lamar Odom. I feel like Lamar Odom has already died, and now he's just doing something else. Because like once he had that that you know that that death scare, right? Because I mean, he was playing in the NBA up until then. Like he was still a viable player to some degree, and now it's kind of like what 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 becomes of this cat? An interesting story. When I was in college, mm-hmm. we had back to back years home and away against Rhode Island. Uh-huh. And um, the first time we played Rhode Island was at our place, and we beat them. And it was Lamar Odom with Catino Mobley. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Catino was on too. Yep. And then we went at Rhode Island and played them the following year and beat them at Rhode Island. And after that was over, we went out to a, we went out to a nightclub. And when we were at the nightclub, Lamar Odom showed up <laughs> and this is, you know, he's in college. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I'm telling you, Lamar and Catino were the coolest. They were the coolest dudes. They took us around. It was, it was Kenyon Martin. Okay. You know, the, the whole crew and, and they took us around. They were, they were super cool. I always will remember that. Have you seen Catino Mobley lately? No. Okay. When he was in the NBA, uh huh. if you remember, I think it was like GQ Named him one of the style, most stylish NBA. Yeah, he was yeah. like this model dude, right? There's always been some rumors surrounding uh, Catino and and, uh, and and Stevie franchise. I will not address those today. Nor, nor shall I. If you look at Catino Mobley now, yeah, you would never guess it's him. He played in the Drew Summer League. Okay. out in LA, he looks like he's like 60 years old. His whole head is gray. What gray beard? I mean, it's Mario. Have you seen a picture of him in the Drew League? I mean, he looks like he's like sixty something. No one knew it was him. And then <laughs> well, what happened was he was Uncle Drew <laughs> in the Drew League. He like he did some move on somebody, and and somebody like started posting a you know uh, the video up and put like when your when your uncle gets buckets on the kid, you know something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Somebody was like, "Yo, that's Tito Mobley." Wow. Everybody's like, "Wow." I mean, it, it's because how old is that cat? Forty. Yeah, okay. he, should, he should be right around. I mean, playing the same time I did. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he uh, that's crazy. He didn't look too good. One thing about, and I wanted to bring this up. One thing about the number seven, actually the number six, seven, eight, and nine in both college and high school basketball, you cannot have those numbers. Yeah, on your jersey. So you can't wear number six. You can't wear number 26. Yeah, you can't wear 16, 59. And obviously you can't wear anything over 55 anyway. Right. And do you know why, Glenn? Uh, you told me this one time. I think it's um because when the referee signals to the scorer's table, they use um, the digits on their fingers to symbolize the um, player's numbers. Somehow – the NBA has managed to 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 figure yeah. out a, an effective scoring system, but uh, high school and college can't can't seem to manage this. And I and I read in one article that they were saying that I can understand it maybe in high school because what they were saying was it's confusing to the people at the scores table. Uh-huh. Okay, I can get that at the high school level. Maybe you've got a parent running the table or whatever, and it might get confusing if they don't know. Yeah, you know the whole. But in college, yeah, it doesn't seem to be. It's you should have somebody at the scores table that can figure that out. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I mean, what what's stopping any? I mean, if if, if that's confusing, then then everything's confusing. 
speaking of confusing, have you ever watched a, a game on TV, whether it's basketball, football, a sport that you know pretty well? Yeah. And something happens, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know the rule for that. Yeah, it happens. It, it happened at the UC football game the other day. Okay. Uh, I think the situation was um, something – I can't remember. They threw a pass, and the defender went out of bounds – came back in bounds and intercepted it and then and people were like what's what's the rule on that yeah, yeah. I don't, people are like i don't you got to reestablish yourself in bounds i believe is is the deal you can't like come from directly out of bounds to get it but i think once you've put two feet in bounds you you now are are back in play uh-huh. but but i could just be pulling this out of my ass so so so, <laughs> so I, I, but that's crazy about the rules, though. Like, they'll just sometimes you're just like, I, well, that's like well with the, the tuck rule. Like when that happened with Tom Brady and, mm-hmm. and the uh, you know the game that got them, uh, you know, they set their runoff. People are like what? Like, right? <laughs> so that ain't a fumble. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of the, the, you watched the Bengals game this. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think about those refs? Bengals versus Steelers. Always controversy. Yeah, I well, mean, the Steelers don't look at that as controversy, but I think the Bengals fans do. Yeah, it it was two calls that arguably um, it was a touchdown that the guy um, there was a rule and I thought they eradicated this rule, but apparently it is still around. I, I get confused when like college and pro would do something different, but essentially, if you force a guy out who would have landed in bounds, um. You, you get to rule that he would have come down inbounds. Right. I, I thought they had changed that, 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 that you can now force him out and it's fine. But apparently they were talking about yesterday, so I guess it's back in. So he catches the ball in the end zone, should have come down with both feet, but gets pushed at a at a weird angle that actually spins him around. And he gets one foot in, though it's the foot that you thought initially would have been the foot that would have been mm-hmm. mo- second to come down. But um, if you see the replay – that foot lands and his knee lands and bounds in a basically a knee equals two feet. So that could have been ruled a reception upon further review. And it was never reviewed. Maybe should have been something we, we, uh, we threw the flag on, but, but it it didn't go down like that. Uh, and, and you saw the fumble. Yeah. Or not, or that we thought it was not a fumble. The yeah. Bengals fans. Yeah, that was, that was fairly egregious, and, and I can't um, I can't see why that one was. Like, granted, they're down by eight, so that continues to drive. Even if they score, they have to make a a two point conversion to get it even. But it, that didn't seem, you know, like you you can't say that cost them the game, but it certainly was was a sure. egregiously bad call. Always some drama when the Bengals and the Steelers getting together. And speaking of drama, did you watch the Emmys last night? I did not. Shame on you. Because I'm, I'm a male. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And I thought, one thing, I, you know, we talked about this. I can't remember which podcast it was, but I'm pro-host. Uh-huh. And I always always usually side with the host. And I, I, I'm critical sometimes of, well, who was it? Uh, Key and Peele, when they did the the MTV. They were awful. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel was great, a great host. You know, one thing I like is when you've got a host that with the most host with the most, <laughs> he he picks on people uh-huh. and he makes fun of people. But it's 
it's not too far. Okay. And it's not too light. It's not it's not Ricky Gervais level. No. But he he was I thought I, <laughs> I thought enjoyed he was Ricky really Gervais's uh, uh, whatever award show that was uh, the Golden Globes uh, around uh-huh. three years back where he went in. Oh yeah, he. <laughs> Sometimes I get uncomfortable <laughs> watching. Oh uh, man, that was that was the best. Yeah, because and they invited him back to do it the next year, but he he did he didn't go go so heavy. He but, turned it down a little bit. Yeah, he turned it down. Yeah, and uh, they had a little talk with him. I had a problem with it. Um, the celebrity roast, I did see that a, a couple of weeks ago. That, that was pretty good. Was that the Rob Lowe? Yeah. How yeah. was it? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's quality. It, it's it? always, yeah, it's it's always good to see all these cats, um, you know, performing and, and, and going all in and not, not, you know, holding it back and stuff. So, so that's always fun. The one thing with roast I always find interesting is the, the person that get, is getting, supposed to be getting roasted. Doesn't sometimes get as bad as the people that oh, are on yeah, the no, panel. Yeah, the 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 dais get, gets the like everyone everyone who's there is getting roasted equally. <laughs> right, and there are people who are 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 have ascended to a level on some of these that like no one is talking talking bad about them, and they they cut them down. <laughs> like they 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 kept talking about Peyton's man, Peyton Manning's head. Now, why Peyton Manning is, is um, doing a commercial? Or, or is on the roast dance for Rob Lowe is beyond me. Like I don't think they ever quite established that that connection. But the amount of jokes about the size of his head, and and I mean, so, some some um, distasteful things. I, I won't I won't repeat any of them on on, on air. <laughs> Have, did you see the uh, the Bieber roast? Yeah, yeah. That was a, I thought that was a really good one. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty fun. The, the Pam uh, Pam Anderson roast back around five years ago. That that's a that, I didn't that, see that, that one. That's a high classic. One thing that's funny about Jimmy Kimmel is his first week on the air, I was called to be in a focus group to critique. The Jimmy Kimmel Show, and wait, 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 wait. Where, yeah. where was this, and this is, why was this? When you were in a certain demographic, um, and I guess I was in that demographic ten years ago, which um, is, I guess, under thirty male males, and I guess in the thirty range or whatever, and they wanted, you know, we basically watched the episode and then just spoke about it for two and a half hours or not not two and a half but maybe one and a half hours and it was it was really interesting and it was funny because the first um week he had he used to have co-hosts and it was like he was going to have a co-host for every week and they eventually dropped the idea they also were serving alcohol at the show whoa yeah which they should have kept up <laughs> but um snoop dog was the co-host and a lot of people in the room were like saying I think Snoop Dogg should be the host. And it was like, come on, people. Like, obviously, they haven't given, right. given a network show to, to Snoop Dogg. So, like, like, please don't make that suggestion. That was like. And that was 10 years ago. Yeah. So that was a different Snoop than we have now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you know, he was still funny, but it, it was crazy. Like, 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 I'm in these groups. Part of the reason I get called back is because I feel I'm I'm saying things that, that it, are actually, you know, <laughs> like, like within the realm of, of, of possibility of a show improvement. Mm-hmm. Like you can't say like, Oh, I wish the show was uh took place in Chicago. It's like, what did I got to do? Right. <laughs> I got to change the venue because of your suggestion. Right. Um, Peter or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it will be a dude's name. Hey, back to Snoop Dogg real quick. Yeah. Has anyone 
changed more from the start of their career, basically when they came to light to the public, to right now. Like every five years, I felt like we got a different Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Look at the evolution of Snoop. Uh, or, or Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> well, so, 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 so there has been. Yeah, but well, Snoop is in a in a a, a weird space in which he can do anything. Like Snoop has been a pornographer and been like a a a, a children's author. I mean, it's, it's almost as if like like there are certain people who 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 we just agree to to dismiss any any of their foibles and just be like yeah uh, uh you know it's like charles barkley like charles barkley can say stuff and people are just like yeah that's just chuck yeah yeah that's barkley yeah you, you know and, and back to the emmys uh when i was watching the emmys one guy won he won an award and it was like i was like yeah won an emmy i'm like where's he what louis anderson <laughs> louis anderson wow. So is he I, still heavy? Oh yeah, he's big. Uh, when matter of fact, when he won the Emmy, and he was walking up the steps to uh-huh. the stage, he had to get some assistance. Like he <laughs> wow. was he was struggling getting up the steps. But I said, you know what? I'm going to go and Google search Louis Anderson. Okay. And after a little bit of research, I decided that he's going to be the theme <laughs> wow. of this episode. Like last episode, we had Linda Thompson. So so th- this episode is brought to you by, by <laughs> Louis Anderson and the number seven. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on Sesame Street now. He was born in Minnesota. Okay. Speaking of Minnesota, uh-huh. the new Viking Stadium. Yeah. The U.S. Bank Stadium. I think it was $1.1 billion. Okay. This stadium's cost a billion dollars now, people. Jeez. But they were saying that during the game, it was so loud. Okay. And obviously, it's supposed to be an advantage for the home team. Yeah. But they were so loud when the Vikings had the ball, players couldn't even hear the count. They The, 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 the own players from the Vikings were complaining, and one of the linemen, I can't remember who it is, came out and said, like, Russ is a stupid fan base. So you need to <laughs> you need to turn. What's the first? It's the first game in the new stadium. Yeah, but I mean, so but, super but, but why are you just geeking when when you know what I'm saying like like I mean, eventually I guess they'll figure that out. But I know when Seattle built their stadium, it was a specific um, feature that it w- it was to be loud. Like they they continually like they go back and forth with another stadium with like breaking the decimal record, but. Um, like they use ten, like something like ten um, between the seats, like deflects the sound back inward, and um, also like that um, house design somewhere, like the, the the seats behind the end zone are are, de- are all designed to like funnel the the sound um, and project it back onto the um, um, the field. So I guess there's a there's a new acoustic science thing, and I always wonder why they. Um, you know, more stadiums didn't do that because you, you would almost, you know, you would design the acoustics similar, I guess, to what you would do, like designing like symphony hall. Like this mm-hmm. is this make this joint as loud as possible. Right. But um, one thing that, that always pissed me off about Minnesota is Minnesota has the coldest weather in the NFL. As far as, you know, if you just took average temperature of the 32, um, you know, teams and what city they play in, 
And in the 70s, this was such an advantage to them. Yeah, like um, one of the things that, that Minnesota had going for them is that they had, um, you know, their stadium was so cold that you would win games just because the other team didn't want to, you know, play in, 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 in inclement weather. Same thing like Green Bay and, and Seattle have right now. And they essentially eliminated that when they um, got rid of a, whatever Metropolitan Field or whatever and opted for a dome. And I get it that dome probably makes more financial sense for your community and you have concerts and a lot more stuff up there. But I always had a theory that, you know, Minnesota – 0-3 in Super Bowls, Buffalo 0-4 in Super Bowls. Part of their deal was they were winning these games in the playoffs because it was so super cold. And then you're forcing these cold weather teams, you know, to then play in a Super Bowl, which is always in like, you know, Pasadena or Arizona or, or Miami or, or, you know, in, in one of the domes. And it seemed like it was – uh, anti-bias against the um, the cold weather teams. Mm-hmm. This is also one of my major gripes about um, the SEC and, and college football that that you know you have like oh the Big Ten's weak. Look at the, the records in bowl games. Like yeah, because they've been playing in in, in thirty degree weather right. for the past two months, and you've been playing in seventy degree weather, and then we're gonna play the bowl game in seventy degree weather. You know, this wants to like to see you know what what. Um, Miami of Florida could have done in the in the eighties if they had to, you know, play Penn State in you know, in New York City, or right? You know right. What I mean? Yeah. Do you, so you you think that weather factors into these things? Yeah, I'm a big proponent of, of weather theory. <laughs> the, weather. <laughs> the, the, the weather theory. Billion dollar stadium, be damned. <laughs> well, hey, uh, back to Louis Anderson. Yeah. He listen to this. His mother had 11 children, so he was one of 11. Okay. And he had five siblings that died in two there are two sets of twins. In so childbirth? He, at childbirth. Okay. But so all they did like they were here. He would have had it would have been 16 of them. So he okay. would have had 15 brothers and sisters. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was a different time. What's up with that? Because you hear about that in the in the past. You you hear about families that had you know. I, I, matter of fact, there's a there's a kid on one of my basketball teams, and his dad talks about growing up one of nine. Okay, I'm like, what? Yeah, I think my father was, was was one of nine. Yeah, I mean it was. You just don't see that. Well, they're both birth control now, but I mean back in the day, I mean I, I don't know what their um, their thought process was because. Like, like, I, I guess they knew why it was happening, <laughs> but but they they didn't change their behaviors in any. So, but you think you gotta think about the the financial impact? Oh, no doubt, it it, it killed them. Like, I, I mean, I say this to this day. Like, if you can, um, the the amount of money you 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 save by not having kids by the time you get to a certain age is just like like ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, because one of my 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 things is is. If um, say you have two parents and and just for even numbers sake, they make $50,000 each and they have one child and that child marries another, um, you know, another 
single, um, you know, another um, um, lone child whose parents also made 50,000, you know, each. At a certain point when those people die and the inheritance is passed down, they reap all of it. None of that money is divided. And now it goes and, and say those two, two kids. Now they only have one kid. It's like the amount of wealth you would get in that scenario under the exact same incomes with the people instead of having one kid, they have four kids. So now you're mm-hmm. splitting it. You yeah. know what I mean? What, right. what, what, what would be a hundred thousand dollar toss down annually or whatever is now 25. You know, it, it just gets split so many ways mm-hmm. and, and you can't, continue to split the pie and think you're going to be, be paid eventually. You know, it's like, like it's just, it's just trickle down economics. Right. You, you've thought about this. Well, I mean, you know, should I have kids or not? That's, that's the question. That, that's what, that's what, that was <laughs> that's a financial decision. Yeah. It's, it's real talk. You know, my, my kids in that parking lot. Well, you know, um, <laughs> one of the, one of the things is now, so many parents want to send their kids to some of the best schools, whether it's high school, then on to college. Yeah. And now that's Good so luck. expensive. It literally costs as much as a stadium in Minnesota. <laughs> well, no, if you if you had, let's just say, if you had 11 children and you wanted to send. <laughs> They're not going to college. You, you, want them to, you want them to go to a, a nice parochial high school and then on to a, you know, a really, really nice college. Just to, It's almost impossible. Oh, that would be insane. How much mo- how much money would you, would it cost for eleven kids to go to a a Catholic school for four years or six years would be it and four years of you know a standard you know high high grade college I mean you you could make a case that that might be gee I, I would say that would be about two point five million dollars. <laughs> so you, you're going to you're going to Woodward. Yeah. Or or I cannot send any of you to college and I, I can have a, a million dollar house, a million dollar inheritance and, and, and two Lamborghinis. Well, you know, Louis Anderson was married to his high school sweetheart. OK. For four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you think he figured out the man. <laughs> this is there's a financial impact. That, that That's a shame. Yeah. But, but check check this out. So his first appearance on TV was in 1984 on The Tonight Show as a stand-up comedian, which then led to him being casted as Lou Appleton in Perfect Strangers. Okay. Which actually was known as The Greenhorn. The show was called The Greenhorn. <laughs> what? It was Louis Anderson. Okay. And, um... God, I forgot the other guy's name. But Balky? Yes. I can't remember his real name. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't That's matter. That's all, all we... <laughs> it was called the Greenhorn. You're, you're speaking of Bronson Pinchot, sir. Is that, is that his name? Yes. Yeah. So how you knew that, I don't know. So um, so they got rid of Louis Anderson. They said basically they didn't think it worked well together. The chemistry wasn't there. That's a shame. And they brought in Mark Lynn Baker. Yeah. I never cared for him really, uh, but but I don't know that, that that show. I watched it, but I don't. After a while, it wasn't but, a great show. It wasn't, a great, but but it, it stayed around. It did. I think eight seasons. Yeah, I don't think I've ever told people how much I hate CBS comedies. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched a CBS comedy ever. I mean, 
and they're so corny. Like like people who like the Big Bang Theory. Oh my God, I just hate that show. That, I mean that 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 that'll be a, a line in the sand at some point because it's like come on, like and and they still use the laugh track. Mm-hmm. Like who does that? Yeah, is I mean it's it's like they're making sitcoms for for like the 1960s or something. I mean, it's, it's like, I love Lucy. Like Kevin James is back with it, with a sitcom. He's just like, really? And it's called <laughs> Kevin can't wait. A- applause, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin can't wait. We named his, cause his name is Kevin. It rhymes with half. And that's really <laughs> super clever. Well, so the big bang theory, come on. Speaking of big bang. Yeah. Louie got a small role. In the 1986 movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. Now, John Hughes wrote this movie in two weeks. <laughs> and they filmed it in three months. Okay. In Chicago. Yeah. And, and he wrote it. What he, what he said in an interview was he wrote this movie as, a, as, as his love letter to Chicago. Okay. He, he loved the city of Chicago, the architects, the, the spirit of the city. Is that where he's from? I, I don't know. Okay. Well, I, I hope didn't. so. I mean, you, you don't be writing love letters to cities <laughs> you're not currently dating. <laughs> so he, uh, you know, he, he he wrote this movie, and I don't I don't know that I don't know that he wrote it knowing that it was going to be have the cultural relevance it does today. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things about this movie was the music. Okay. The music behind it and. I guess you can say the lack of a soundtrack because the the, the music in this movie is crucial to the movie, uh-huh. in my opinion. I wouldn't say crucial, but it made it made certain scenes important. But he never released a soundtrack, okay, to the movie, which I guess the the uh, the the fan base, as as he called, complained about that a tremendous amount. Do you remember some of the songs from that movie? Uh, I remember the um, the Shake It Up Baby. Um, joint when um, twist and shout the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, they that was in the like the parade or whatever. Right. Yeah. The oh yeah song. Um, oh yeah. Oh okay, that was in there, man. Yeah. That, that that song was had, had was so eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, definitely. I, I'm so glad that that that's that's done with. If I heard that, man, they played. <laughs> programming directors thought that was so cool. Right. Like, oh man. Oh yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Stupid. Uh, Wayne Newton. Don oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I really like that song. Now, John Hughes. Okay. He went to some school. It was like a German school of some sort. The director, it, John Hughes? Yes. Yeah. They, they, played, they played that song so much that he hated that song. He hated Donkey Shane? Yes. Did he and go to he, school in Las Vegas? And he he put it. In the movie, for for scenes for for whatever reason, but okay. he he just despised that song. He talks about it in an interview. I just was, no, I, but the whole thing behind the, the the movie is skipping school. Yeah, right. And when when I was growing up, skip skipping school was something you you wanted to do. Like it was like okay, let me see if I can get away with this. Oh yeah, no doubt. It's like kids don't skip school That's anymore. A shame. It's a shame. Uh. I didn't skip school at all when I went to uh, Walnut Hills or Roger Bacon. I skipped school on the regular when I went to performing arts, which was which was downtown Cincinnati, and uh, they just didn't care. 
Like you would just you could just you could just go and you come back and because like I did really poor in my foreign language classes to the point that um it was just a given that I was gonna fail. Uh-huh. And I would basically just like I would I wouldn't go to that class. I would skip. I would go down downtown, or I'd like go in the gym and play basketball or whatever. And then the next day, be like, uh, where you know where were you? And I'd be like, I'll bring a note tomorrow. And that it, was it. And then I didn't bring the note tomorrow, and whatever. And if I if he recalled that I didn't bring the note the previous day, I would just get a suspension. I mean, I mean a detention, and I'll stay out. You know, whatever. And be like, oh, I, I missed my bus, mom. And <laughs> it so, it, it so it never got back to your mom. No, yeah, I mean it, it was it was a, a loose ship. See, I have a different story. Okay. So one year, I decide to skip school, and I contact two of my buddies, Damon and Darius. Okay. And I used to have this uh, the double D boys. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have this Honda Civic. Okay. Hatchback. <laughs> and this is back in the day when when you took your parents' house speaker, okay. you know the big, the yeah, big, yeah. and you you put it in the back of the hatchback, and you 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 uh, Damon was a was a magician at linking those wires up to the to the uh, to the cassette player in your car. So this, just the bass was off the hook in the <laughs> Honda Civic, tinted windows, the whole nine. Okay, so I go pick Damon and Darius up, normal day, and uh, you know we we skip and. It was so funny about it is back then, if kids were walking around, you knew something was up. Like it, <laughs> yeah. during the day between, you know, 8 a.m. and, and yeah, 2 o'clock, yeah. it's like, hey, hey, kid, why aren't you in school? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we no longer have, we've lost that as a culture. Oh, that's that's completely. I, I, I walk around and I see kids all the time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I've dropped out. That's why I'm not in school. <laughs> How do you think? So, so we go to the McDonald's. In St. Bernard. Uh, always a, 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 a mandatory hit-up spot on, on a skip day. <laughs> we get the, the, the pancake, little pancake breakfast. We sit in my car. We eat it while listening on repeat to Illmatic. Okay. And so then we, we drive around. <laughs> How much time did y'all get the whole album on repeat? <laughs> we listened to the album like three times. Oh, man. It's a three-hour skip. It, yo, we, we just were... We're just cruising around. And when it was all said and done, it was like, this was stupid. Yeah. Because we we did not do anything. Yeah. Productive or just, you know, I could have, I sleeping would have been a better option. Welcome to my life. <laughs> but here's the best part about it. So, you know, I take them back to their place or whatever, and we, we kind of drop each other off. I dropped them off at a time in which it seemed like they went to school. And then I go home and my parent, both my parents work. So then when they got home from work closer to the six o'clock period, they said, Hey, how was school? Yeah. I was, oh, it was cool. It was cool. What, what'd you do? And I'm like, man, they never ask questions yeah, why they, like yeah, this. Why they grilling? What, what'd you find out? And of course, oh, that's funny. Well, we got a call that you weren't at school. And I was like, oh man. Well, so, well so- you need to call back. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yep. I said, well, you know, I was honest. I said, we we skipped school. Yeah. Like, well, what'd you do? And so I kind of explained what we did. I said, that's just stupid. Yeah. You did. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And the thing about it today in this generation, some schools. You didn't get beat for it? 
was there, was there was no that, that was right verbal uh, verbally yeah yeah because because uh the verbal beat down like i always tell people um in the 80s you could beat your kids <laughs> no no one said nothing oh the school could be oh the school could be it, it, it was it was in in the in the handbook like that was that was part of the curriculum that that you could you could be paddled could you imagine today oh it'd be an outrage if if a if a teacher if paddled a, if a teacher, someone's son if a, or daughter if a teacher paddled a student in 2016 that student's parents would own the school no doubt <laughs> they, would, they would get a key the it next would be day the, the naming rights oh it would be insane like there, there would be no way you could do it and, and and this happened within my life like when i talk about beating um like like paddling in the schools it's almost like um you know a, a former slave like like say like yo th- this is the way things used to be people and and, and if you're under right. a certain age you're like no nah. like 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 you're like no th- this wasn't that long ago they can they can um they can powder you in school and our teacher used to line us up like in front of the steps like like at the top of the step i'm like i don't know if it was some sort of like like you thought we were gonna like move forward like thereby uh, minimizing the blow, but but like it was like yo, if somebody falls down these steps while you paddling them. <laughs> I mean, it was a different. It, it was a less litigious time. I saw so. very much so. Well, kids today they they have uh, some schools have um, personal days. Oh where, wow, where kids can actually not go to school. They can take a mental health day. T- yeah, that's insane. You crazy? <laughs> I needed to take a mental health day after I got paddled. <laughs> Your wusses. You know, one thing, um, back to Ferris Bueller's movie, the character Cameron Fry. Okay. What do you what do you remember most about that character? Uh, who was that? The friend? Yes. That uh, was the friend that skipped with him. Yeah. And his girlfriend skipped, but the girlfriend was dope, right? Right. For that time. Uh I don't know. Was he the um he he's his father had the car, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they, they um, ruined the car. Went went through the. Why? What was that car inside the house? I don't know. That that was like like for whatever reason. Because it was a classic. But I mean, you don't keep your classic car in the dining room. <laughs> I mean, that, that's essentially what, what was I going do. going on in Bueller. Like he kept like. Uh, I mean, we should go back to that. Yeah, it was like yeah, real talk. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be super impressive. With Swiss house, they got like. Like four classic cars, just like like right there. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that that's that's the extent of my my memory of that that cat. The number nine, Gordy Howe jersey. Okay, that remember was, that one thing he was rocking. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that became a. Uh, gosh, there was a, there was a short period where that was a hot Halloween costume. Oh really? Yeah. Now Gordy Howe played for who? He played for the Blackhawks. Um, Red Wings. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, so, so that wasn't, you know, in his homage to Chicago, he gave he gave some, some 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 uh, Detroit love. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's problematic. They, they need to <laughs> maybe there was something behind that we don't know. Okay, yeah, Th- thirty year edit on that one. <laughs> so back to our guy Louis Louis Anderson here. Uh, so in 1988, he was in the movie Coming to America. Classic. Absolutely classic. With Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. He worked at McDowell's. Did you... Go ahead, what were you going to say? No. 
Did you did you see they did a um, they did a McDowell's yeah, yeah. in Chicago? Yeah, that, that was great, and it it did pretty well. Yeah, um, that's funny. I don't know why McDonald's. You know, like like they wouldn't have done this at the time. But it would be funny if McDonald's got down with, with Eddie Murphy or whatever and just had a freestanding McDowell's in Queens, New York. There's no way that wouldn't be popular. Wouldn't they probably have to go through the writers in the production group from Coming to America? Yeah, but that, that would with be, Eddie? That'd be Eddie Murphy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like that would be something that would be – because they did on last Halloween, right? So hopefully that, that yeah. that's coming down down the pike again. And they they did a uh, I saw this on uh, Instagram not long ago. They have a Saved by the Bell restaurant. Okay. The uh, the Max. Okay. And I believe it's in Chicago. Okay. Where you walk in and it's the exact yeah. set. I don't know why more more places. I mean, there, there should be a Cheers bar. I mean, there probably is some place, but but every show that takes place in something that could be commercially viable. Why not? You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't. There's no downside to to at least attempting that. Like Duff beer from um, The Simpsons. Like, like I mean, <laughs> I, there should be I, some I, Duff beer available. Well, a company um, in like South America attempted to do that, and like The Simpsons got on them. But I think I heard that that somebody actually did it. Hmm. Yeah. So um, another thing too, Samuel L. Jackson. Was in coming to America. Yeah, the, the, tried tried to rob tried to rob McDowell's. That's right. Yeah, a lot but, of people don't know that, don't remember it. But a king wasn't having it. Yeah, it's funny that that was like a springboard for for a lot of um, actors, and in many ways, that was the last time like Eddie Murphy like really made a great comedy. You know what I mean? It's, it's such a that's kind of an odd cross section of. of this movie, you know, set a lot of people's, you know, you know, star, you know, upward, but yet that might mark the peak of Eddie Murphy. Do are you a big Eddie Murphy movie fan? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 literate on on <laughs> the films of Eddie Murphy during during the prime of his career. What are your top 3? Uh Coming to America, um is this an order of 1 2 3? Or just... No, I, th- I think I like Beverly Hills Cop. At least, well, I don't know. I like Beverly Hills Cop more at the time, but now in retrospect, I like Coming to America more. And third, I guess Forty Eight Hours. But Ooh, Nick I, but, but I saw Forty Eight Hours like way after his prime, so it was kind of like I heard Forty Eight Hours was like really what what set it off with Eddie because it was like like this dude is off the hook. You know what I'm saying? What other ones? Why well, name my three man? <laughs> I mean, like you got Harlem Nights, you got Boomerang, you got um. I loved Boomerang. Yeah, Boomerang was cool. Um, people are, are are sleep on Eddie Murphy's best work in the past twenty years is actually Donkey from Shrek, and I, I think Shrek is horribly overrated. But but um, Donkey, Donkey, Donkey should have his own own, own film. <laughs> D- donkey two, Donkey three. It should just be a, a, a it should be a whole donkey franchise. I don't I don't know about that. Uh huh. By the way, if the Democrats really want to appeal younger, donkey, you know the 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 uh, the donkey and the elephant. What if you got Eddie Murphy to be the donkey doing um, pro pro um, le- left wing issues? 
I think I think that might be a, a successful. Uh, <laughs> you think that would work? It's worth a try. So, 1999. Okay. Louis Anderson became the host of Family Feud. Okay. Great game show, by the way. I think. Uh. <laughs> and I tell you, it's it's lasted a long time. It has. I mean, well, you look at Jeopardy, um, Wheel of Fortune, Family Feud. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's common knowledge, so so that I, I think it it um it speaks to a a a brand of knowledge that is more um palatable to like everyday intelligence. You know, like if you're good on Family Feud, you are in many ways more intelligent than if you're good on Jeopardy, because it it has a skill set that would be involved in like dealing with people. Like, okay. What would most people say? Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, as opposed to like, what's the right answer? Because you know, what advantage socially will geography ever ever lend to you? You know, what I mean, it's like, like, come on, you know, what I mean, like, who cares if you know the the you know the capital of you know of Switzerland? You know, what I'm saying. I mean, like, did, did you like Jeopardy? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm actually pretty good at Jeopardy now because I'm of the age in which I could like you know. The questions are now things that may have happened in my my lifetime. Like I used to, like my mom used to watch Jeopardy in like the eighties. But it's like the questions are all you know what I'm saying stuff that happened mm-hmm. in history that I liked it. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty decent at it now. But I mean, it's kind of like when when I was younger, I thought, oh, if you're good on Jeopardy, you must be intelligent. Now I'm just like, yeah, I'm pretty good at Jeopardy, but this <laughs> this means nothing. What about Wheel of Fortune? Uh, I don't really like Wheel of Fortune. No. I I used to like it more you know what you used to be able to like pick the items it was like you go to the store you'd have your money and you'd be like okay i want that i want that now it's just like you just you just get the money you get the prize or whatever <laughs> and, and and it always bothered me too that um they make the the highest numerical things right next to the bankrupt on on the wheel and it's that, that that seemed like like it's almost like the ski ballification of, of the wheel of fortune wheel. Like, oh, you get you get five thousand, or you get nothing. So you see some flaws. Well, I mean, it's, I don't like games that that are completely, um, you know, devoid of skill. Like, cause win on wheel of fortune means what? You just you, were, you just got lucky. You know what I mean? Like, like you're naming. <laughs> you play. It's basically hangman. <laughs> what about Price is Right? I love Price is Right. Yeah, I, I could. Price is Right was, speaking of skipping school, Price is Right was the, was the highlight of any time you were sick in school. I mean, th- there should have been just a Price is Right channel. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I mean, like, I could watch Price is Right back to back. And, and some of the games on Price is Right are just so classic. And, and, and they're, they're, what's, your, want, what's your favorite ones? Uh, I always liked the one where he would um, he would golf. Like if you, you if you got the prices right, you you kept moving closer to the hole. Uh-huh. But you still had to get the um, like no matter how close it was, if you just were were, were a, a a a crap ass putter, you just you just <laughs> missed it. But um, yeah, the the I think everybody's favorite was ultimately the um, the uh, mountain climber, the Yodley mountain climber. Mm-hmm. I remember one time there was a you know like, like I think the the rule is on the mountain climber you have three products. And you have to guess the price, and you can't be within twenty five right dollars totally right. And it was something like a coffee maker or something that that probably would have cost thirty dollars. And 
the dudes, it is like the first price chosen. And this dude said like a hundred dollars. And Bob Barker was almost like giving him a chance to say like, like he knew like this is, this is wildly off. Like, like we wouldn't give you um, such high prices when you can only be off 25 on three of them. It's just like, that's not even, that's not even a, a sporting thing to do. So it was just like, okay, um, a hundred dollars, and we're just gonna watch the man fall off the cliff. Like there's, there's no drama to this. Like he's gonna go all twenty five spots and fall off. Do you think Bob Barker was the best host of all the game shows? Yeah, I think a strong case, case could be made. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he had the personality. Yeah, like like Bob Barker. Who doesn't love Bob Barker? Like Bob Barker seemed like like he legitimately is was just a good dude. Adam Sandler didn't. Well, Bob Barker, I think he was actually getting with some of the uh, Barker's beauties, which, which I can't blame him for. That's why we should love him even more. Yeah. And there was a um, Drew Carey, who I'm not not a big fan of, um, was because he hosted The Prices Right, right? Yeah, I think you think he still does. But um, does he? I don't know. OK, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I not thought Wayne Brady. Which one does Wayne Brady host? That's that um, thing where people dress up, um, where you make a deal or whatever. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. But um, somebody got the showcase showdown exactly right. Pick the number exactly. And if anyone has watched The Price is Right, you know that's, that's just the holy grail. Like if you do that, you know, th- there should be, you know, it's, it's just the, the world sitting in. And that happened, and his response was so nonchalant and and underneath what it should have been that I wanted to throw a brick at the television. It was like like we it, it was the worst example of, of of game show hosting that could be imaginable. Like he acted like that dude just hit like a double in the third inning of a baseball game. It was like like this is like are you kidding me? Like like this is. You you can watch the Price is Right forever, and I I've watched the Price is Right, and I've never seen that happen in real time. I I saw this clip on YouTube, and that happened, and he was just like, "Oh, what do you know? Um, please have your pet spared or neutered." Like, what are, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, like like I want you to go Dick Vitale, Jeff Capel half court shot on this, <laughs> right? Like, cause that that's the only response for that. You, do you still watch the Price is Right? On occasion, I've 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 lessened my viewing since um the, ma- the magic's worn off or what? Well, it's just other things on television. I'm probably watching ESPN. Like like I'm I'm forgetting that that that's even on in the morning. Like I I, I could have watched The Price is Right today, but I didn't. <laughs> no, nor did I watch The View. <laughs> well, when when Family Feud, Richard Dawson, yeah, when he left, and I think uh, what was the guy from Cincinnati? He uh, took over for a little bit. Ray Combs. Ray Combs. The, the tragic case of Ray, Com- Ray what, Combs. What happened to Ray Combs? He hung himself, and and like he was the funniest guy. Like you just like like everyone just kind of, you know, he just seemed like like super lovable. But I guess he had like um, and he had hella kids. He had like well, his wife had I think a bunch of kids or something like that. But he um, he's Louis Anderson's dad. <laughs> <laughs> The torch was passed, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he. Um, I think he went to some ward um, for like depression, and then um, hung himself like, like crazy. Yeah, like I hate, hate to hate to bring the, bring a downer. That's crazy. Yeah, the, but the thing I really liked about Family Feud, at least the old one, is the family poses before um, each episode would start. Uh huh. They were like classic, like uh, photos. 
whoever there, there needs to be a a a a Reddit page or some sort of a, a, a blog that just has a compilation of the family feud um, pre-show family poses. Cause that, that was, that was epic. Like everybody's family should do that. We, we need to bring this back to the culture. I liked celebrity family feud when they would take a celebrity yeah. and then have his family there. I always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, it's interesting because you get to see people's, you know, kind of intelligence. There was, um, a black family na- by the name of the Priestleys, and and me and my family will never forget the time that the Priestleys swept the week. F- five, five for five. You 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 could you could do no better. That, that that's a Black History moment right there. The, the, the <laughs> I need to Google Google the because because you you came to know them over the course of of, of five days, and and they were clutch. You know there were times that and I think they won. Um, you know the um, what year was this, or roundabout? Uh, I'm guessing maybe eighty nine, ninety. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to see if, if so, th- that's available to Google because because so Ray Combs was hosting at that point. This may have been still Richard Dawson. Yeah, I think. Uh, um, it, 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 if it was, it was right afterwards. Okay, but but, but okay. yeah, I've got to, uh, I've got to see if that's even. I mean, I, I don't know if they keep. Um, Family Feud, family um, <laughs> statistics <laughs> online, I, I but if so. they do, um, that first ballot Hall of Famers, the Priestleys. Now, you know, Steve Harvey's now the host. Yeah, what do you think about Steve Harvey? Uh, well, I mean, I remember Steve Harvey from hosting the Apollo Showtime at the Apollo. So it's weird to think that he like has like a a, a real like talk show and has like you know real gigs now, but I don't know. I, I think, I think I cooled on Steve Harvey with his uh, line of suits, <laughs> but Steve Harvey get, get, gets that guap. I tell you that. Yeah, he does. He has a radio show, has written some books. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the movies behind the books that think like a man stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's the show he, he has now with kids that he, uh, I think Ellen okay. is the one that, um, Produces it, yeah. Oh, okay, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, he, yeah. Or he, they, they keep on coming with it with, with the, the beauty Steve pageant. Harvey. Yeah, the, <laughs> the beauty pageant, the wrong, the wrong lady. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Steve. He gets a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, I hate to, uh, you know, act like he doesn't deserve it. I mean, he does, he does fine, but I mean, it's one of those things, I guess, where you don't, where you don't um, predict that that'll be something someone would do and then they they blow up you're just like okay whatever but you know far, far be it for me to um to to criticize a black man with with, with, with multiple jobs well, one thing about steve harvey is he went from having such a unique haircut with with I don't, he had a box for a little bit and it was yeah. kind of a a fro box his shape up was always as crispy as possible. We used to joke that when Steve Harvey was off the screen, he was getting the edge up. <laughs> like, like the moment they switched back, the barber would just just, just, just back up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was it was insane. Like, like he was. I cannot believe that Steve Harvey didn't get his hair cut multiple times a day, because it was, it was crazy, and. Once he went bald, I mean, and granted him, he he got rid of it. He he didn't um, tease us with with the bald. He just he just you know, you know, when it went down, it went down. 
But um, the thickest mustache in the game right now. Wait, hold on, before, before we, yeah, the, hold on before we talk about the <laughs> We're stash. We're touch on the stash before we touch on the stash. Uh-huh. The hair. There was a rumor. Okay. That it was a piece. Really? Yes. Because remember, he went from having yeah, a full yeah. head of hair to completely bald. So that so so it was it was uh, manufactured. He was he was on the roids. That's <laughs> that was the rumor, and I tend to believe that because <laughs> you don't go from a from a crispy shape up, and your edges are are yeah perfect to to bald. to being bald. Yeah, because why would you? Why would that be the um, the progression? Now back to the mustache. It it this is the the only real competition he has is um from the twins in the the R and B group The Whispers. <laughs> I forgot about The Whispers. Because those brothers keep a keep a thick a thick thick stash. Forgot about the whispers. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. If you're out there, Google the whispers and click images. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, cameo had a. Cameo yeah. Had a- yeah. That was a, that was a thick stash. There needs there needs to be a a, a thick stash top ten. <laughs> <laughs> the whispers. I'm still tripping on that. Yeah. Because uh, two of them. It's like one, one would trim his, but the other one won't. They can't, can't, you, can't, you can't let the other one get his, his stash thicker. Double the stash. Yeah, man. I got Mag Magnum didn't have a. He had a. He had a sexy mustache. Magnum Pi. Yes. Yeah, well, that, that's Tom Sex thing. He's still he's still breaking down with um, um, Blue Bloods. He's still, uh, I think Mag Magnum Pi Tom Sex is still like a sex symbol for like. Like women over over sixty, like like so he he still he oh, still he was killing him he's still getting day. it done with with the uh, Ferrari. Oh man, yeah. I have to look up how Magnum PI came about. Apparently, every eighty show had to have an iconic car. And, and by the way, I've I, I've given this idea to you personally, but I'll give it to to uh, to to your your alma mater, the A team, the black and and red van. You see. Get the A team um, van, make that your own. Get someone to 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 kit out a van, whatever year that was for for the A team television show. So wait, just to clarify, you're talking about the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah. Okay. The athletic department should buy a van and get it kitted out to look exactly like the A team van that was the the signature car for the show with Mr. T and George Papard, the late George Papard, and. Get that that joint, and instead of the A team, it's known as the C team, and use that as a recruiting vehicle. It it might not even play nowadays because um, um, you have so much um, you know, the kids don't know what know what it is now. But fifteen years ago, that the idea was 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 blazing hot. <laughs> if they do it now, yeah, I want credit. Get you credit, yeah, and I mean, and 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 I don't want tickets. I don't. I don't want any. Any. Um. I don't want e- either. Either you pay me cash, or or I get. Um. I can. I can get like fake. Um. Diplomas for um. Three people of my choice. <laughs> this is the option. <laughs> me being one of them. Louis Anderson, in two thousand six. Was on the World Series of Poker. 
<laughs> Fact. Wow. How did he do? I, I, I don't think he made it very far, but okay. he he was on it. Those poker shows, it was, anybody could be on a poker show. It is, it is the most random. Random. And and people think that they're so, you know, like like good at gambling. Like because they're wealthy and somewhere, somewhere else, they, they think that they can just hop right into a poker table. And, <laughs> and, get, and, and that's one thing. I, I, I do not play card games. Like I don't, I don't, I don't deal. I, I'll, I'll play twenty one, I guess, mm-hmm. but, and that's about it. I guess that's. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big card player either. Yeah, it is goofy. Bet on sports or shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like slot machines just because. Uh, I don't know something just 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 the the whole, um, the the digital effect of of the whole thing going down always just seems like you you can get transfixed in that. There's a um, in Japan. There's a game called Pachinko, and Pachinko mm-hmm. is kind of like their version of the slot machine. And I don't know if there's any Pachinko parlors in, anywhere in America, but Pachinko looks fascinating. Like, like, I, like, I if I want to go to Japan. I'm going to spend a, a full day doing nothing but playing uh, Pachinko and eating um, General South chicken. That that'll be Wednesday. <laughs> How'd you spend your year with eating General Child's chicken and playing pachinko? Thank you very much. <laughs> well, speaking of eating with, with Louis Anderson. Yeah, yeah. He became a spokesman for Land of Lakes sweet cream butter. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's unbelievable. Why would they use someone of his size to promote <laughs> I mean, I mean, look. I, I, I guess there's no escaping it with butter. It is what it is. <laughs> you can't make make butter thin. But it would just seem to me you wouldn't be like, okay, I'm trying to um, advertise butter to the masses, and as my spokesperson, we're gonna pick a 350 pound comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of um, food, man. Um, we got that donut contest going down. Yes, we do. With the uh, Krispy Kremes and um, how, how'd that fare last week? We 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 um, we're basically putting up Krispy Kreme donuts against a different donut right. every week and see if it can um, make it all the way to the top. It's 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 the five tier pagoda <laughs> of, of death. Yeah, and so we had uh, we had Bobby Mike drop. In studio last week. Yeah, yeah. So what we did, we brought in two different donuts, the Krispy Kreme. And we had a Grater's yeah. donut, our local uh, no, ice cream. No more for their ice cream, but 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 they, they produce a donut. And we we split, split them all We split ways. them all on thirds. Now, we could have just bought three donuts, but that would be, that would be a, a waste of money. <laughs> and uh, Glenn, you want to tell us who the winner was? The winner by split decision, mind you. Yep. Krispy Kreme. It, it advanced. It did. Yeah. What What'd you think about the Grater's Donut? Uh, decent. I mean, we do glaze because glaze is kind of the, the base model of, of donuts. So, you know, you figure if you're not getting your glaze right, we, we don't need to, we don't need to um, see anything else in the store. Get your glaze right. Yeah. If, if, if your hamburger isn't right, then, 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 then we don't need to try, try to double cheeseburger. <laughs> but um, it was good. It, it was, um, it was more fluff 
yeah. than, than the Krispy Kreme. The Krispy Kreme seemed that it was it was more um, compact and more. Um, I don't know. It seemed like it, it was it was more solid, and ultimately, when eating them back to back, the Krispy Kreme seemed to have um, a little bit more flavor, a little sweeter. I mean, it was close. You had to, you had to think about it. You know, henceforth the 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 two one decision. But um, I, I was wondering, you know, because I, I didn't want to give it. I didn't want to give it to Krispy Kreme just on the um, the the particular build of it. And, and and that could be that could be an issue in the future that people um, are voting texture over taste. And, and, and I assure you, as a donut judge, <laughs> that is something I will not 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 compromise for, to you, the viewer, the American people. Yeah, this is something that, that I will not do. That, that that's my pledge to you. So Krispy Kreme advances. Krispy Kreme advances. And next up will be. Uh, I mean, we guess we're keeping it local, so we're, we're going to build it up. Um, you know, hopefully it can it can keep advancing because if if it loses if it loses in these early rounds, that's pretty much our bit, people. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think next week we're going to try to put it up against um, Kroger's and just see what what Kroger's. Um... I've never had a Kroger donut. You've never had it. What's the donut spot, by the way? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not trekking to Fairfield. <laughs> if you bring it in, fine. But 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 um, yeah. Well, the thing the thing about Kroger's is it's the most ubiquitous grocery in town. So if Kroger's can beat Krispy Kreme, you know we need to know because in that case we're we're missing up on a quality donut virtually every. Damn day when I'm going to Kroger's. And I go to Kroger's so often, it's a shame. Right. They open a 24-hour Kroger's near me. And many a nights, I'm at Kroger's at, like, midnight. Just like, oh, I don't I don't fight going in the morning. I'll just go now. In, in the future, will there be anything that Kroger doesn't have in there? Love. <laughs> no, they got a jewelry store. It's love. You can buy you love. Kroger's is expanding. Like like the fact that you can get clothes at Kroger's is, is a potential that that few saw twenty years ago. They're gonna have furniture. There will be a furniture. I'm not making this up yeah, as a yeah. joke. They will have a furniture section in Kroger in the future. I mean, they they've got. I mean, if you look at say a Walmart or a Myers, and you're saying, okay, what what do they have that Kroger's d- doesn't have? I guess you got to say, well, furniture and like electronics in the entertainment section. Once you get get there, you're basically you're basically everything to all people. I mean, if you have a, a place where you can get jewelry, a donut and a flat screen, <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's you're doing pretty good in, in the in the variety diversity department. You know where you can get a you can make a good come up at Kroger during the holidays is books and DVDs. Okay. They have the they're always on sale. Yeah, they 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 have a DVD at at um at the checkout counter like like with the um you know with the candy bars. You're just like 
who's buy like a, on an impulse, like an impulse buy, just saying like, and while I'm at it, I'll take that um, deep impact. Yeah, like like really, <laughs> like ninety nine cents. Yeah, like like I've, I've okay, I, I brought forty dollars. I know my uh, my total's got to come up to around around twenty nine. So uh, I'm gonna get a a, a Hershey bar, and um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've gone to Kroger and I went to and their, Zootopia. <laughs> I went to their little book section and. I bought like five books as gifts to people, and they were relevant books for you know discussions we've had before with friends. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I got it for like eight dollars. <laughs> it's like speaking of books, yeah. Louis Anderson has written three <laughs> books. Wow, three books. His first book was Dear Dad. Okay, it's basically letters to his father. Was it serious? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that from Louis. <laughs> Dear Dad, you never you never quite loved me enough. His second book was Goodbye Jumbo, Hello Cruel World. And it was about <laughs> it was it was about feeling comfortable with yourself. Okay. Obviously he Why was Why is he writing these serious books? You're you're Louis Anderson for God's sake. I don't you're breaking my heart. The third book was called the F word. Okay. And it was about how to deal with family. Okay. Growing up, obviously, with 10 brothers I and sisters. I can only hope. I'm sorry, it was the other F word. Ah, Louis Anderson. <laughs> you didn't know all this stuff <laughs> maybe, about Louis Anderson. Maybe, maybe too much. And, and, and to believe that Louis Anderson, at the 2016 Emmys, won most outstanding support actor in a comedy series for the show Baskets in which he plays Christine Basket. Okay. A mother of two children. What does that mean? So so he's not um like he's just playing as if he's a woman. He's he's not he's not playing as as if he's a man that's become a woman or I believe so. Right. Okay. Correct. Okay. Uh, that, that that's a little like like Medea. Why did you have to bring Medea? He's the, he's the white Medea. Yeah. I always wonder, like, who is now, really- now, now, this, now, not to get on a, on a racism tangent, but if you run the white Medea is winning Emmys, yeah. <laughs> where, where where is the Oscar support for for any of Tyler Perry? Tyler Perry put in work, eighteen films where he's dressed as a woman. Tyler Perry is paid. Oh, Tyler Perry, the the. the Will be the richest black man in America by the time he dies. He found that lane. Is he richer than Jordan? Uh, I w- Jordan's a billionaire. Yeah, I think Tom Perry's Tom Perry's got to be close to being a billionaire, right? That's going to be a trend. We'll, we'll, we'll have the answer for that next week because he's apparently like building like Hollywood in Atlanta. I heard that. Yeah, and and I don't even know what that means. We, you know what? There are multiple. Like, apparently, China is building a, a Hollywood as well. Um, like, like, like their own. That they had a big thing on sixty minutes last night. It's, it's, it's a repeat, but essentially, they're gonna start making movies for a, an American audience as well, and they're gonna be hiring American actors. So, if you're an actor, you know, get get down with China. No, that, that's. I wrote this down. We are going to discuss Tyler Perry. Okay. We're going to, have to do a little bit of research on him. We we definitely okay. have to discuss him because if he's if he's close to that billionaire status, um, yeah, that's that's definitely worth talking about. Because 
there are a lot of people that don't know who he is. Yeah. He's black famous. Exactly. As Kevin Hart once said. Mario says his net worth is $400 million. Okay. Seems low. And Bill Cosby's second, $350 million. I, I don't believe any of these numbers. Well, Glenn, I think it's time for you to draw a line in the sand. Yeah. One of the things that um, I guess bothers me is that, um, you know, they had the Bengals game and there is an abundant amount of Steelers fans here in Cincinnati. Yeah. And look, it's a free country. You you, you can root for every team, you know, whatever team you like. But um, it would seem to me, for example, Mario is, is an Eagles fan, a, a proud Eagles fan. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and I support him in his fandom of the Eagles, mm-hmm. but the Eagles are not the central rival to your hometown team. Mm-hmm. That's why I have a problem with him enjoying Michigan. But but I digress. Okay. Bengals fans are fans because they live in Cincinnati. As which and, and Steelers fans tend to be Steelers fans because they live in Pittsburgh. But if you are a Pittsburgh fan, I mean, why why would you be a fan of the chief rival of your home team if you just weren't being Attempting to be transgressive on, on some some level towards the people you know. It it just seems like a, a punk move. And, and and every time I see it, it it, it bothers me. And 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 I I don't I don't mind mind telling them that. I'm drawing a line in the sand because it's it's something that you don't do. It it'll be as if you said, I'm I'm not only going to cheat on my girlfriend, I'm gonna cheat on my girlfriend with the the girl that she hates the most, with, mm-hmm. with, with whoever she views her her prime, her number one enemy is. That that's who I'm gonna cheat on her with. I'm not gonna, just gonna pick someone random. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the worst thing. Why is that? I don't know. It, it it's self hatred on, on some level. A lot of people. Well, well, first of all, it's bandwagonism because the people who are tend to be Steelers fans became Steelers fans in the 70s when they were the dominant team in the NFL, which may have been steroid-aided. R- rumors persist. But um, so a lot of people uh, were Steelers fans in that era. And like, like you know, like, like, like Bobby was in here last week. Shout out to Bobby, who is a big Niners fan. But when did he become a Niners fan? I believe it was in the eighties when the 49ers mm-hmm. were, were a team. That, and like, I don't, I, I don't get down. With, like, if you became a Cowboys fan in say the seventies or the nineties, or a Patriots fan in the two thousand, you're just picking the team that was on top then. It's mm-hmm. like you know. It's just obvious what you're doing. And then you have people who are the second generation. Oh, my father was the Steelers fans or my and, I, you know, I guess I can't fault the children of, of those people. Right. Because because they're, they're just respecting their parents and, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to condemn them. But but the, the, the first generation Cincinnati inhabiting Steelers fans. Just get out of town. If you if you love Pittsburgh so much, then why don't you, why don't you live there? Pay your taxes to the, to the state of Pennsylvania, you, you suckers. So under no circumstances do you uh, cheer or hope the Steelers win, unless it affects the Bengals' standings. 
correct? Uh, I'm not going to say that. Like when you get to like the Super Bowl, you know, like you you can be, you know, the time which I was pro AFC. I, I think a lot of, um, you know, people. I mean, you know, you could have a favorite player or something like that. You know, if 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 you put like like if if you know somebody on the team, yeah, or, or you know, there there are circumstances where where I can I can grant you your your fandom, but in a lot of cases, it 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 just it just seems punkish. I I, don't, I, I can't condone it. You're upset about this. Yeah, a, 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 li- a line's gonna be drawn. And there you have it. There we have it. I want to say quickly, mm-hmm. R.I.P. to Trisco. Pearson. I don't, I don't know who this person is. Trisco Pearson was one of the vocalists for the Force MDs. <laughs> okay. You remember the Force MDs? I remember the Force MDs. What do you remember most about the Force MDs, Glenn? Uh, what, Fairytale Lover? <laughs> and Itching for a Scratch? Itching for a Scratch? Yeah. That's right. Which, which by the way, do you, I don't know if you remember that video they no. had on the F sweatshirts okay yeah, were, yeah yeah that was a great that was a great video yeah staten island group too new york okay new york city all right but it's so interesting that they were they were kind of hip-hop but yet they ended up more of the kind of contemporary r&b and they were kind of leaders of that they, they were quiet storm but they were that, that, that <laughs> that's the finish of quiet storm they were but they were they were kind of new jack swing okay before New Jack Swing, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, that, that 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 that's a good characterization. That's weird because uh, you don't hear them mentioned a lot. But I mean, I don't know. It was a different time. People couldn't build on their successes at a certain era. Yeah, Love is a house. Oh, well, oh, that was them. Yeah, I got the girl. You got the key. Yeah, you got the key. <laughs> and if you go and watch that video, they were actually doing a dance in the video. So the video was there were. I believe three like cubes. Okay. In which one cube had them had like one of the guys dancing and then not, or the lead singer was dancing. You know, I think his name was uh, Antoine or something. Okay. And then they had the other guys kind of dance on the other side and another cube was all of them together. Uh huh. But at one point they're doing this dance and it's the dab. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh man, we we have to we have to. We have to we have to YouTube this, people. You gotta watch it as a homework assignment. It, you know what? It, it almost looks like a mixture of the dab and the schmoney dance a little bit. Okay, it's it's, it's pretty interesting to see. Uh, was Cam Newton a member of the Fourth and D? He he was not. But by the way, right, quick, quickly, mm-hmm. I do root for Ben Roethlisberger to get injured in, in any form that it takes. So so if, if 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 you just see Ben Roethlisberger on the street and you just just just. <laughs> Break his arm. I, I I would not have a problem with that. You could say you were you were dabbing. <laughs> Back to the force MDs. Yeah, and and, and tender loving. Man, they, I, they, they go they go tender four deep on the. Love. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't know. Man, yeah, that, that, that's an impressive resume. Do you remember the tender loving video? No. It was the one where it had like the two two seven. For those that know don't know out there, two two seven was an old show. We're trending so far <laughs> back. People got people turn off. The, like, like okay, they're, they're talking about nothing that I know of. It had like the two two seven set. Okay, and they were singing to a girl who was in the window. Okay, a, a great classic video. <laughs> classic. And and the Force MDs were originally, um, they were called the LDs. <laughs> and then they became the Force MCs. Okay. But ultimately, 
they became the Force MDs, which stood for Musical Diversity. Really? Yes. So they weren't Force um, Doctors. <laughs> right. They, they were... <laughs> Did they? I never recall them wearing Air Force. They should have. They should have uh, had Italian. Yeah, and and another odd thing about them, and, and this is kind of just random. I saw they had. Uh, <laughs> oh, passed it's very away. random. This, yeah, this had nothing to do with the the podcast today. But three of the group actually now the four four members have all died. Um, <laughs> what? Three of which How died. How old were they? Oh man! I mean, they can't be well, over like like their mid fifties. No, well, three of them died within five years of each other. Okay, yeah. Uh, this they, is why Obamacare is needed, by the way. <laughs> they would have kept forcing D's alive. I mean, real talk. Like black folks do not have, have any any health care. This it, is perilous out here. Think of the age of of, of rappers dying of oh. natural causes, but much less getting shot. Well, listen, I, I went off, you know, that, that Force MDs was kind of unexpected, but I, I do want to get into my Artist of the Week. No doubt. Uh, from the past. And this week's artist is Jeffrey Fortson. Okay. No relation to Danny Fortson. No, man. I was going to ask. Born in Harlem, New York. Okay. Signed to the record label Delicious Final. Okay. Which ironically is a West Coast label. No doubt. Uh, Delicious Vinyl actually started, I think, a guy from New York. I don't know his name. If I remember correctly, a guy from New York was in L.A. Okay. And he uh, ran into somebody at some music thing, and they started Delicious Vinyl. Okay. The Tone Loke, um, Far Side were also. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It was in a, a West Coast label. And this artist being a New York guy, I mean, born in Harlem, you know, raised in New York, um, ended up in L.A. And he was associated with Young MC. Okay. This artist I talk about is none other than Def Jeff. <laughs> and that's... Excuse me, baby, haven't I seen you before? I don't there it is. Okay. You heard the song? Yeah. A long time ago, I was in the 12th grade, you were a grade below. I used to see you in the hall, going to class, and when you saw me pass, you switched that ash to a butt from the left to the right, and you would give me letters saying, now you uh, that was his song, Give It Here. Yeah. Off the album, Poet Was Soul, which debuted in 1989. <laughs> Poet Was Soul. Because he was kind of, he was supposed to be the the conscious um, okay. rapper. Yeah, he, yeah, I remember he had some, some, some conscious material out there. What I respect about Def Jeff, and by the way, that's spelled D-E-F-J-E-F. Yes. What I do respect about Def Jeff is he released his first album in 1989, as we said, Poet with Soul. Mm -hmm. His second album was released in 1991. It was called Soul Food. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Um, also, in, actually, in between those two, he was on the song We're All in the Same Game. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the few... We gotta go. We gotta review that and come out with who was the the best MC on that as well. We do actually. His verse on that wasn't that bad. It was yeah. actually pretty good. But the fact that he was he was weirdly fat too. He had a he weird, was, he had a weird, weird body shape. Like 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 his head didn't quite go. His, and he would dance. <laughs> yeah, Def Jeff. Was, and another thing I respect about about Def Jeff, I respect the rappers with the one syllable. Um, you know the 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 the. The one syllable name with the one syllable nickname, Def Jeff, 
and, and, and today's only counterpart, Chief Keith. Chief Keith. Chief Keith. I, I like that. You keep it brief. In fact, this should be sorry. Brief Keith. <laughs> and, you know, Chief Keith's about banned from every. Yeah. I mean, they, they banned him from the BET Hip Hop Award. He's banned from like eight different. How is he events? so much more dangerous than, than every other rapper? Because, like, first of all, do not go to a Chief Keith concert if it's anywhere near the the Chicago metropolitan area. Do, <laughs> like, like, like that that is understandable. But beyond that, I mean, really, like, 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 this America's most well, it's Chief Keith, right? Like he he he, he can attend your award show if if if. if if you know it's under normal security standards, people. I remember some years ago, I was talking to one of my players. His name was Chance, and Chance told me he said, "Man, there's this rapper you got to check out. Man, I love him." And Chance is known to listen to some, in my opinion, rap that is bad, like rap I just wouldn't listen to. <laughs> and so, for whatever reason, you that drew day, a line. I drew a line in the sand, and, and for whatever reason. I entertained it, and I said, okay, Chance, who are you talking about? He said, man, it's this guy named Chief Keef. I thought that was the greatest name. Yeah, I remember you ta- you, you, you're the one who hit me to Chief Keef, and, and, and based on his name, I had I, I, to listen. Like, it, 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 it's, you know, that's too good. No doubt. Yeah. You know who's grown on me, by the way? Who's and that? we'll get back to Def Jeff. The Migos. Yeah, yeah. They've got a song out right now that that that, that, that that's popping with the with the girl singing. Um, it's kind of like half her song, half. Mm-hmm. They were on Atlanta that that TV show um, last week as well. Migos was. Yeah, yeah, they were doing, and it was funny because it ended with them. Um, it was four of them, and one to do was um, like Mexican, and that's why they're called the Migos. And, and at mm-hmm. the end, it says it said we'll always be together. <laughs> <laughs> is is the third one out of jail now? I think I saw no, three of them t- together. Okay, he's so, still locked up. What was he getting? At? It, it, it ain't the Migos. If you don't got all the Migos, free. I don't know. Yeah, his name. free. He be, they're signed to um, Good Music. I hear now. Really? Yeah, that's what that's, that's the word I thought thought I heard past now. Didn't know that. Well, here's what I respect about Def Jeff. So he releases two albums, and in between that, I said he was on the We're All in the Same Gang. So he, he had a little bit of momentum. But what he did after his second album was he completely got out of being an artist from being a rapper and went on to the production side of things okay. and started producing music. So he produced songs for Mary J. Blige, okay, Snoop, Nas, Pac, yeah. Bone. He did a remix for Maxwell. But oh, one wow. Of the, one <laughs> of the interesting things... He was the first guy to sit down with Shaq. Oh, wow. When Sh- so the story goes, Def Jeff got a phone call from a guy he knows and says, did you know Shaq raps? Uh-huh. And Def Jeff was like, man, whatever. He's like, no, no, I'm serious. Like, he really does rap. You need to hear him. Yeah, he, he's black and he's 20. Of course he raps. <laughs> like, like, so he heard Shaq and he says, man, we've got to do something together. Okay. And with them, both of them being in the, the L.A. area at the time. Uh-huh. He uh he sat down with them and they came up with uh, I believe the song was I got I got what was it I got skills or yeah, yeah. whatever it was that was that was <laughs> Def Jeff unfortunate now Def Jeff has since um, produced the songs the theme songs for That's So Raven the TV show <laughs> that's his production wow. by the way that theme song is awful 
I, I don't even recall it, but I but but, but I don't want to hear it. Uh, it, it. It's it's terrible. Yeah. I don't know about the show, but the theme song is awful. And he also uh, did the theme song for I believe it was the BT show, The Game. Okay, which is no, no, that that, that that's that's middling as well. Raven Simone really such a cute child. That now when I see Raven Simone, I just want to just like like go somewhere. Like she she. As an adult, she just seems like she's just such an irritating person, and and she became irritating in her in her you know while that so Ray was on television, like you know all those those Disney shows you can kind of watch them for fifteen minutes and just be like really like this is like like I know it's made for people younger than, mm-hmm. than than me, so I can't judge it on that scale. But even on that level, she was you know it, it was too much, too much Raven. And on that note. This episode was brought to you by Louis Anderson, <laughs> and number seven. And number seven. See, and, 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 and thick mustaches. <laughs> People learn so much about just random stuff. Yes, yeah, it's, it's super. I mean, we really need to, uh, you know, try to get this in the educational system. Or something like there's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Bring back the paddling. It's the culture, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Further Comments Podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham. And I'm Glenn Riley, and we got to go. See you on number eight. Yep.